Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Meredith Littis, Megan Rinkies, and Kendall Rhodes are the co-authors of The Breakup Diet. Meredith is a former executive who started a new career as a multi-hyphenate writer, director, and creative producer. She got her start at Innovative Artists Agency and eventually found her way to Das Films, becoming the head of development overseeing their feature film slate. In 2018, Littis pursued writing and producing on her own and completed a short film, Escape, which was screened at the Cannes Film Festival and was featured in the Female Quotient, The Wrap, and American Cinematographer magazine. Currently, she's writing and producing multiple television series and movies— as well as her first book. She lives in Hollywood with her boyfriend and dog. Megan Rankies is an actress and creator of her own wildly popular comedy and lifestyle YouTube channel. Megan flexes her acting muscles, and sometimes her real muscles, in a number of series, including Freakish, 12 Deadly Days of Christmas, Mr. Student Body President, and in her first feature film, The Honor List. As a social media tastemaker, Megan has been named one of Teen Vogue's top six Instagram A-listers and Alora's Instagram Influencer of the Year. She lives in Los Angeles. 
Kendall Rhodes has been an entrepreneur, studio executive, producer, and talent manager working in the entertainment industry for over 20 years. Currently, she is the founder of Para Luman Media, a boutique talent management and production company. She represents a variety of talent from top-tier influencers to screenwriters. Previously, Rhodes was a talent manager and co-head of digital at Untitled Entertainment. Before Untitled, Rhodes served as senior vice president of digital at Relativity Media Studios where she was responsible for growing and expanding digital programming, social media strategies, branded videos for Relativity's feature films, development of intellectual property, and growing Relativity Media's digital properties. From 2004 to 2009, Rhodes ran Cherry Road Films. She secured a lucrative first-look deal at Warner Brothers and produced a number of feature films, including Southland Tales with Dwayne Johnson and Justin Timberlake, The Hunting Party with Richard Gere and Terrence Howard, Eulogy with Ray Romano and Zoe Deschanel. She has an MFA in film from Columbia University and her BA from UNC Chapel Hill. She resides in Los Angeles with her family. Welcome, ladies, to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I am joined today by Meredith Blittas, Megan Rankes, I'm probably mispronouncing everything, and Kendall Rhodes. You can now repronounce your names and tell everybody who you are and why we're all on the Zoom together to talk about the breakup diet and fictions. So who wants to go first? Sure, I'll go first. I'm um, Meredith Letus. I'm a creator. I'm a writer and director on fictions. I love it. I wrote The uh, Breakup Diet, Yellow Wallpaper, and a few others. And I'm a screenwriter. I'm in the middle of writing a couple memoirs. And I'm just super excited to be here. So thank you for having us. You're in the middle of writing a couple memoirs. You don't hear that all the time. Yeah, a series of them. It the breakup diet initially started, I wanted it to be a memoir. And then, um, it turned into the audio series. And then I was also wrote a proposal for a different memoir. They're both comedy, but the other one has a little more tramedy. So trauma and comedy in it. I love that term. I've never heard of that. I've That's never my heard entire of brand. That's literally <laughs> my entire brand. <laughs> Well, let's loop back at the end, Meredith, because I have a publishing company now too called Zibby Books, and we publish fiction and memoir. And anyway, if you want to talk about it, we sure. hear. love to hear more about your memoirs and all that. Okay. <laughs> Always pitching here for my other businesses. Okay. Who's next? Jump in. Megan, do you want to go next? Sure. I'll go next. Yeah. My name is Megan Rinks. I am a content creator, actress. I host two podcasts. I wrote a book. Uh, I don't even know really what else I, I I do. Apparently, tromedy is my sense of humor, which now I understand. Thank you for the term. But yeah, so I got to play Rose in The Breakup Diet, which I really loved. By the way, Megan, I was like, her name, your name sounded so familiar. And I obviously knew of your work. And I was like, but something... Anyway, I went through my emails and I had been pitched your memoir and I had said, yes, I want to do it. And then I said, let's meet up in LA. I'm there all the time because we have a place out there and we're there all the time. And they said, sure. And then the pandemic hit. Pandemic. <laughs> so yeah. We should pick was, that up. <laughs> yeah. Press was definitely a very odd thing. I think I did like nine podcasts in a row that I was like, well, now I don't have to like leave my house. Like this is like nice for social anxiety, but it was yeah. wild. <laughs> Wow. Amazing. Okay. Kendall. Um, hi, I'm Kendall Rhodes and I am a talent manager and I also helped co-create fictions, the app and that's it. Really? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, really know. <laughs> I really like Meredith and Megan. You're also a mom. 
You have dogs. I am a mother and I do. You like books? Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with your background, Zibby. Thank you. It's like, I'm kind of like entranced by, I kind of want a close up of all how you did that. That's so cool. Yeah, it goes all the way around the room. Oh my God, it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I need like an architectural digest home tour of like a library. Like that's beautiful. Thank you. Like that it's is beautiful. Stunning. Thank you. And look at mine. I mean, I, it's like a hack job behind me. No, stop it. <laughs> it's like, uh, what? Like a plant and some books. I got to do better. But <laughs> anyway, so uh, yes, I'm a mom. I have a 13 year old daughter and I have two dogs and that's it really (laughs) I have two 14 year olds I have 14 year old twins by the way a boy and a girl and I have a seven and an eight year old so lucky yeah and a a lab who's sleeping over there but anyway that's my story wait can we start by talking about fictions the app which is such a cool idea and uh just tell me about how you started it and especially coming from a place of talent management like where did this come from how did you launch it where do you see it going? I'm like, I'm totally into it. Okay. So it goes way back. I mean, Megan and I had talked about kind of doing like female forward podcasts a long time ago. And we had this whole idea. Do you remember her pod? Mm-hmm. I <laughs> so loved it, it kind of start. Yeah. And it started with that. And, but I think the idea wasn't like fully formed yet in terms of like what, what kind of content would we want to do? Because there's so many podcasts right now. And there's, you know, every, every personality has a podcast and every YouTuber now has a podcast. And, you know, so it's, it kind of became like, well, wait, how can I have a community that's a little separate from that? Like, not just like a one-off. And then I, and then I heard some narrative podcasts and I was like, oh my God, I love this medium because it's more, you know, it's more in my realm of like making TV or making movies or narratives and stories. And one of the things that my background in film was always optioning books and turning them into movies. And that was kind of like my sweet spot, which I really liked because I liked working with the authors. And so I was like, there's so many great short stories that don't get developed that kind of get overlooked by all these great authors. So that's where I kind of started. And I approached a bunch of authors. And it, it was like a really great, they were like, oh, cool. It's like a teleplay. I mean, I've had a hard time trying to explain what it is we're doing, but it's like, we changed it a lot. Like we'll say audio narratives or we'll say, you know, narrative podcasts. Like it's kind of, but basically it's like a teleplay, I guess, with actors dramatizing, you know, uh, stories. And then we do it like in short serialized way because just because of my time as a mom and I feel like other people can relate, but like, I don't always have two hours to sit down and listen to like a book or a two hour podcast. Like I just don't even, I'm always, you know, so like 20 minutes here or 15 minutes here, it's more fun for me because I can kind of continue it in my head and then check in back later. And so we're playing with the different formats and and the links, but that's kind of where it is. And so it's basically, it's like based on books, novels, and some original ideas, if they're really good, like Meredith's. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, which hers was basically a pilot that we adapted. So it was already an IP, but that's kind of where our sweet spot is. And then also it's, it's female authors and, and women's stories, like all women. And that's also really important to me because I I find like, you know, like a lot of the number one books or a lot of the things that are like, that dominate Hollywood are white male driven 
content. Like it's just, it's like just the way it is. So it is hard to find that kind of content. It's getting better, but it's not really great still. So the idea of bringing more, I mean, women, you know, we aren't just like the sidekick, right? And and so even though like James Patterson's like the number one author, you know, there's so many great authors that maybe don't get that publicity that he gets, you know, and, and their stories are just so good and imaginative. So I'm trying to like put more light onto that area. So great. What are some of the books and authors you worked with in the past to option that you're really excited about? Yeah. Well, we, I'm really excited about working with Lori Storles. Do you know her? She's, she wrote Blue is for Nightmares and Jane Anonymous and Bleed. And mm-hmm. the, the, we're doing Bleed first. I saw that. Yeah, that does and really Megan cool. is one of the stars in Bleed too. She plays Merle, which is a really cool character. And so that, I really like that. Also, do you know Sedina da Silva? She's a big Brazilian writer. She's She's written like 20 books. She's amazing. And we did three of her short stories. Her short stories are really beautiful because they're like fables. So that was really fun. I, do you know the Rock Eaters? Now I'm uh, just sounding like, book? you know, a moron. I mean, I do know of a lot of books, <laughs> but I'm just not knowing of these. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, the Rock Eaters, we just, we're, we optioned a, a, a short story called Yaza from the Rock Eaters. And that's a really great story about two teen girls. One is very wealthy and one is not wealthy and they play each other in tennis. And it's it's a really good story because they kind of bond over that. They're very competitive. They're both 14. And it's a real, it's, I love that story. I don't want to give away the ending okay. or anything, but it's really well-written. We just did From the Neck Up with Aliyah Whitley. She's, okay. she's a really great writer. She writes in like every genre. She wrote Skyward In and uh, The Loosening Skin. And she also wrote From the Neck Up, which is just a really imaginative kind of out there story <laughs> about a girl who finds a head in her bed and becomes friends with it and nurtures it. And it grows into this beautiful plant. <laughs> that produces flowers that she's able to make a living from. It's a really cool story. Uh, And I could go on and on, but those are just some highlights. Yes. And I know we'll talk about the breakup diet, but one last question. When you're optioning short stories, do you option the whole collection or do you like if it's all in a book? When I do do short stories, we, we, okay. So only a few times they wanted me to option the whole book, but honestly only maybe one or two I feel will adapt mm-hmm. to a series and also will adapt because, you know, we don't want to just read an audiobook. Some short stories are just one person narrative right. and that's harder. We want dialogue. We want action. We want things to happen. We want sounds. Yep. So when we look for it, we look for that. So usually it's one or two from a collection. It's rare to find a whole book, but like for instance, Bleed, mm-hmm. it, I would say it was, it's like 10 short stories about 10 different teenagers, kind of like that, but they put it out as a book. Mm -hmm. And for us, all 10 worked. So we optioned the whole book. Got it. Very interesting. I love this Mm. model. Meredith, talk about the breakup diet and what happened to you that was autobiographical (laughs) that inspired it. (laughs) Okay. So it was really fun. I was writing a really dark, adapting a dark book during covid And I was getting really depressed. It was triggering some events that had happened to me. So I just wanted to write something really funny. And I hadn't gone into comedy yet. 
And I was just thinking like, what if I still worked for that boss at that talent agency in COVID? She would totally make me work, even though I'd be furloughed and I'd be rolling calls and then working with the clients. And then what if that ex-boyfriend was like living with me? He would totally be a squatter and never leave and take dates. And so I just like started writing because I knew I wanted to do the memoir, kind of like how I broke up with myself to become who I am today. But then I was like, well, I really want to use these stories that happened. So I just started writing the pilot and it kind of just like flew out of me. And so I like the character, which Megan did such a great job of playing. It's really me and it happens to be Megan, apparently. So we're the same person. But, you know, I love that. You know, I used to be a bad feminist. I would be like, I'm a feminist. And then I would not be. And it was just like making fun of myself. And, you know, I was always Miranda Hobbs and I'm a Sex in the City fanatic. But every time I took a quiz, I would like pray for Carrie and I would be Miranda. And it's like mm-hmm. every time I get that character, even when my group of friends are like, who are we? I'm Miranda for Halloween. So I just kind of went with that. And all of it is pretty true, except for placing it in COVID. It was really fun to revisit. <laughs> I love that. It's always great to see a chapter called like, am I Miranda Hobbs? Or just having Miranda Hobbs as a reference point. You, you know, you're already like in conversation with the person writing it. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Miranda's great. Like yeah, I have come yeah. to learn that Miranda is one of the best people to be compared to. Like aside from Cynthia Nixon being amazing, but I mean, she was always so sure of herself, strong, and then helped people no matter what. And so I like came to find that her spirit was actually the best to be compared to. So, yeah. Megan and Kendall, which Sex and the City person are you? I am <laughs> a Leo, so I'm like a little bit obsessed with myself. So in that way, I guess I'm kind of like Carrie, but like that's yeah. a very embarrassing thing to admit. Like growing up is realizing you want to be Miranda, not Carrie. But I would say that like I am probably in my friend groups, I am like most definitely the Samantha. Like I, like, I am the one who like says things and my friends are like, Oh my God, stop. This is so embarrassing. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm very much that I think, I think. Wait, who's the other one? You are, I can tell you who you are. Yeah. Who's that one? You are Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, Without a doubt. Like, Oh, I got Charlotte. Oh, like it is very that like, I got Charlotte on Facebook once I took a test. (laughs) Yeah. Without a doubt, Charlotte. And I was like, no, I'm not. I was like super upset. And then I was like, oh my God, that's, she would do that. Yeah. She would be upset. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm a Leo too, Megan. I'm <gasps> When's your birthday? August 22nd. When's oh, yours? Good. August 4th. August okay. Leos are superior. Oh, I, I, I didn't know. know that. Okay. Well, yeah, we are. that's a thing now. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I feel, you know, inadequate because I'm approaching the the Virgo cutoff, but you know, no, it's okay. Also, I'm going to own the Leo. So I desperately oh, wish yeah. I had some Virgo in my chart or really any earth to kind of like keep me grounded and like, but I don't, I'm not that. <laughs> I would love Virgo too. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're so organized. They're yeah. so, Meredith, what are you? You're, I'm an Aries. Oh, that's right. You're Aries. Mm-hmm. Love Taurus, I believe, but yeah. And Kendall, what are you? These are random I'm questions I don't usually ask, but okay. Libra. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. But I would love that Virgo energy. Me too. Sometimes I wonder, I mean, I was I was born early. Does that mean I'm like really a Virgo? Do you know what I mean? Like, should I have been born? Does it matter what your due date really was? I don't think I so. Was, I was I mean, late. Some people say your, sun, your moon is more important than your 
Yeah. You're well, that's like who you are, like when you're alone or like by yourself, which I don't like to talk about because I'm a Pisces moon, which is just like inside you are sad and inadequate. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> don't need to tell me twice. Last time I told you what my moon was and you were like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, probably. Oh. <laughs> I said I was a Capricorn moon and you were like, oh, I'm really sorry for that. <laughs> As someone who's engaged to a Capricorn, like, you know, you guys are hard on yourselves. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> Wait, Megan, you started off by saying your whole brand is tromedy. Explain. I think that, like, I am definitely a laugh at myself, self deprecating kind of humor person, but I have just kind of just throughout the content that I've made over the years and then like through like my book and then through my movie and all of that stuff, like there is this kind of through line of that kind of finding humor and like recover like through all of these things that you go through and there's this thing of like, you know, breeds resilience or whatever. And I'm like, for sure, struggle breeds resilience, but like it also breeds humor. And I joke that I'm like the funniest one of my friends. And I'm like, that's because you all had it so easy. Like I, I also had transition lenses in middle school. Like I had to like develop a good personality and be funny so people would like me. But yeah, I've always just kind of been that person. Like I really like to... I don't know. On my podcast, we do a lot of like advice and like helping people and doing things like that. And I always think it's best to come from a place where you are relating to someone and being like, okay, I can totally understand what you're going through. Like, here's my, like, let me unpack some of the stuff that I've been through that I relate to with this. Now I feel like we can kind of relate to each other better because I mean, we've all been through that stuff. And I think once we start talking about it, it's a lot easier to be like, oh my gosh, I relate to you. I relate to you. (laughs) Yes. I, I do some of that. <laughs> I know I saw your podcast, Don't Blame Me. It's like so super popular. And I try, I do a podcast with a British sex expert named Tracy Cox. It's called Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. And we answer these anonymously sourced sex 
questions and she answers and I kind of blush and ask them from the pile. Anyway, it reminded me of your show and this like instinct to try to help and whatever, but yours of course is like amazing. So whatever. And that sounds fun. Yeah. So <laughs> check it out. Okay. Back to fictions and the breakup diet. So Megan, what was it like embodying a character and knowing it would just be audio? Like how did that, how did it feel to prep for this role? How did you like get into it? Did you record it as if it was like an audiobook in a studio? Is there a difference between audio and podcast? I don't know. All that sound stuff. Honestly, I think there is a pretty distinct difference between like I recorded my own audiobook. Like there is a difference between recording an audiobook, recording a podcast, and doing like a narrative podcast because you are acting. And like, I very much related to the character when I read it immediately, immediately, I was like, if anybody else does this, I will be so upset. Like, this is like me, like, I have to do this. Like Meredith and I have such a similar like voice and like the internal monologue of the character. I was like, oh, this is like in my head. Like I completely understand that. So it is very different than like prepping for like any other kind of role because it is, yes, totally just audio. So like I was focused a lot more on like drinking a lot of water, having like tea nearby and you are just paying much more attention to your voice and how that sounds. And when you're acting on film, it's a lot of like, okay, I'm not going to read into anything too much because I want to be natural and do all of that kind of stuff. But you have to like, look at the subtext to things a little bit differently when it's just audio to kind of give the listener an indicator that it's not written on your face. They kind of have to hear it. So it was really, I really liked it. It was really, really fun. And it is, I think just such a, a cool take on what we think of when you think of like audiobooks and that stuff. And like, I personally find these like so much more engaging and all encompassing because yeah, for like some of them, you have a lot of like actiony noises or like I recorded one last week and I, we spent like me and the director Karen spent like 15 or 20 minutes of her being like, okay, so can you just do some like heavy breathing here? And I'm like, okay, with my post COVID lungs, like this will be a fun time. And we're doing all of this other stuff. And like, I'm so excited to see how it's like interwoven into that, which you don't usually hear in audiobooks. And you also don't really get to necessarily be a part of that process as an actor for like film and television. Like you'll do ADR and you'll come in and like, be like, now make efforts because you're fighting a zombie. And you're like, okay. And you're in a sound booth. But here I'm just like, I was in my, like, it's our guest room that's turned into my podcast room during the pandemic. And I'm just like making those noises into my microphone. And so it feels like, I don't know, you're there really much more from the very beginning of it. And you can kind of envision how it's going to come together. Very interesting. I'm also interested in how you've grown your whole brand. You know, it's so interesting in IMDb now, it's like, it's not just film and TV. It's like your personal stuff, right? It's just as important. It's just as relevant. And it takes a really sort of astute business person to market yourself that way, right? Until you also doing jobs like this and, you know, passion projects and all the things you do, but also sort of crafting your own role in the world. It's it's really neat. I mean, all of you are doing that in one way or another, right? With establishing this amazing company, writing the, the works that you want, like adapting all of it to changing audioscape, if you will. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The How I kind of started all of this was purely luck and accident, which I don't think is something that you can really do anymore. But like I started making YouTube videos in my bedroom recorded on my computer because I got mono and I was stuck at home over the summer and I was like super bored. 
And it was kind it was before it was like cool to be on the internet and like talking about your life and doing things like that. And so I didn't really have, which is a very theme of my life. I didn't really like know what I was doing, nor did I do a lot of like research of what other people were doing. So I just like got on there. I was like very much my own personality. And I realized like, oh, people don't swear. People aren't making dirty jokes. They aren't doing any of this stuff. And I was like, well, oh, well, been doing, already started doing that. And so I really came like very personality first. And that was just like, it kind of just like stuck. And I was like lucky enough that I just had this like a side hobby. And I was like, I'm kind of like Hannah Montana. Like I go to high school and then I come home and I like record a video on my computer of like, what's in my school book bag. (laughs) And like, it just kept continuing and doing it. And I've done it for, I can't do math, but like 11 years or maybe almost 12 years. It's weird. It's wild. It's awesome. (laughs) This is why like my little kids want to be YouTubers when they grow up. You know, this is like the be all end all. And Kendall, what about sort of identifying this market opportunity with fictions and going into that? Oh, well, how did it start? I I think it was just me wanting more content that was female centered. And, you know, there was that. And also how I love when I heard narrative podcasts, how I really liked that too, and thought, wow, I wonder if this is something that might, you know, other people will like narrative podcasts. Like if, will that be a trend? I don't know. I'm hoping, but I wrote a business plan and then an investor came on board. And so that was how we kind of were able to, you know, get it started and go and build the app. Amazing. Okay. Meredith, not to neglect you up there in the Zoom. How about adapting to a new, this new medium of writing? And like, what does that entail? Like, do you have to really, you know, what, what considerations do you have to keep in mind when you're writing for audio versus for film or TV? Yeah, it's totally different. You have to think that all visual descriptions, people are not going to hear. So you have to look through those descriptions and see how you can make them audio to get your point across. And, you know, sometimes like in writing for TV or film, you don't want to be like really boring and expositional with your dialogue. And I felt the same way. That was the hardest part for me because I do not do that in my screenwriting. And I did not want to do that in the audio series. So it's like coming up with a different unique way with that sound and dialogue to convey, this is what's happening. And then the listener doesn't get confused. Cause like, for example, something that Megan does on the audio series is she has like a, a drug trip. Like how do I, and she was so awesome at it. So it's like direct <laughs> and I directed that one too, but it's like, how do you get someone to sound like they're on a trip so that people listening hear that, you know, cause in a film you would have like psychedelic certain camera movements and things. And it was like, you know, matching the music to what Megan was doing, which made it perfect. What do you think it is about audio? Like why, why is this so popular right now? Why podcasts, why audio? What, why have we turned to this? Do you think, why is it such a big deal? I think it's easy. You listen to it. You can get immersed into the world Uh, You don't, like Kendall said, you don't have to sit down and read a book for hours. You don't have to sit down and watch a movie. You can consume, like, I think breakup diet and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like 35 minutes all together. So like everyone has little bits of time where they can listen to something. And I think that it's been proven to be strong, especially in the entertainment industry, because Homecoming was an audio series before. And there are so many other examples. And now a lot of celebrities are turning to doing podcasts. And I think one celebrity recently said to my fiance, like the 
the audio series is now the pilot. And mm-hmm. that's how things are getting made because consumers want that. It was great. Each chapter is only about five minutes. I'm like, well, this is this is totally doable. You know, <laughs> I think also the the intimacy of of podcasts and even narrative podcasts because there's something about like so for instance like there's certain movies like a Paul Greengrass movie for instance where he shoots everything with the camera and it's it's like you're in his head or you're in that person's head right and you're it's like a first person narrative so when you're listening to a podcast it's the same kind of experience because it's in your head it's through your ears in your head there's no visual stimulation you're actually immediately there and i think there's some connection in the brain that it's and i think that's why a lot of celebrities are making podcasts because they're trying to connect with their audiences and their fans and whatever and build that relationship and it's more of an intimate relationship than just a post like hey you know so i think that there's that but i think it's the same with storytelling like there's something about like sitting around the campfire telling stories you know, that, that people still do and still have like visceral reactions to that's not just sitting back and watching on a a movie screen. There's something more immersive about it. So I think there's something cool there, but I don't know. I've never like done a study, but it would be fun to do like a... I know. Mind you, I'm like asking you this on a podcast, which is ridiculous. But anyway, you know, I mean, obviously I I think about audio a lot and, you know, why, you know, why do I listen? Why do I record? Why? This is my whole life now is all these podcasts, you know? I don't know. Who? Anyway, I find it endlessly fascinating. But it's, you know, it's really interesting because like, you know, Zoom became such a thing during COVID before we would all just do conference calls. Nobody wanted to do Zoom. You know, it was like, no, I'm not doing Zoom. I'll do a conference call. Now you kind of have, it's the opposite. It's like, what do you mean you're not doing Zoom? We're going to do a conference call. And it's like, yeah, it's offensive, but there, but I think people can get drained from that visual stimulation. Right. And they just want to go back to talking. Right. You know, if if it's just going to be an intellectual banter or whatever, maybe phones easier because you Mm -hmm. don't have all the distraction of the zoom and the visual. And it could be something like that with podcasts too. It's just like, you can just tune in. You don't have to deal with all the, you know, watching the actor and this and understanding, you know, that's a whole different experience. Okay. But it's a good one too. I like that too. Last question for you guys. After a breakup or a really bad day, what is the diet that you would like to be on, like nonstop? Like what foods are your go-to foods for your own sort of breakup diet? Mm. Breaking up? Like if you're you're having a bad day, like not, not, if you're just having, if you're having a terrible day, what do you like to eat? Oh, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. cheese. Yeah. I always say, I I feel better after. (laughs) Okay. Having a little bit of mac and cheese. Or yeah, that's like my, I always feel better. A good one. I would probably say Mexican food. That's mm. like my go-to, like it's my go-to on my birthday, but it's also my go-to if something good happens, something bad happens. Like there's like one specific, I'm not going to blow up. I mean, actually, whatever this, if anyone's in LA, Gloria's in Culver city, fantastic. Mm. Specifically, I used to live right down the street. And so Gloria specifically knows me. And so we go once a week and we get pickup and they like know our order. And so there's something really comforting about like that aspect of it too. But even if I'm not in LA, like Mexican too. Food is like the comfort Mexican food's end. my favorite food I think too. too like if I go out that's what I like to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. 
I agree. Mexican food's my favorite too. If I'm going, <laughs> we're out. so oh, LA. My, so, my friends are so basic. All of us. My God, it's true in LA. We get the best Mexican food. It's really good here. We do. I went to Salt Lake City for a project and they took me to, I'm obsessed with diners, drive-ins and dives. And they took, Mm -hmm. yes, Megan, they took me to a Mexican restaurant that you went to. And I was like, what is this? It's because (laughs) we have such good Mexican food that this is probably really great in Salt Lake City and no shade to the place. But I was like, everyone needs to come to California because (laughs) it's the best. I'm very different. I like cake or like something sweet or cookie. So yeah, it's either a chocolate chip cookie or Susie Cakes red velvet cake. Susie Susie Cakes marble cake is my favorite food on the planet, I think. That one is good. It's so good. Every so often there's a chocolate chip and it's like, really, you don't know when it's going to come. It's so exciting. It's like that. Yeah, they're frosting. Yeah. They're frosting. addicting. Yeah. Because it's got buttercream, right, Megan? Yeah, it's buttercream. She's an insane... (laughs) Okay, one of her many talents is the fact that she can bake these insane masterpieces and she taught me about buttercream I didn't even know there's lots of different kinds yeah the rumor with Susie cakes is they put buttercream in their like batter too and like that's why it's like so moist but like it is there's like a secret thing like it is like within the baking community there's like everyone knows like Susie cakes has a thing like they have like it's like Spongebob and the Krabby Patty like there is like the secret recipe for it but the speculation is that there is like literal buttercream in the cakes that would make sense it does taste like that yeah it does. Who knows? I've spent a lot of time thinking about Susie Cake, so this has come <laughs> as a very welcome piece of information. Thank you. All right, ladies, thank you so much for talking about fictions. I'm so inspired by this app for short women's fiction. It is so cool. And thank you, thank you for talking thank you. about what it's like. And thank anyway, you thanks to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, nice to meet bye. you. Bye. Good to nice see you, everybody. everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.